Hey friends, welcome to Let's Be Clear. I am Clear Cherry Reeves and this is a podcast where we get clear, pun intended, about how to find a kingdom perspective in all things. No, really, all things. Whether it be about pursuing your dreams, finding hope and hardship, or just talking about Jesus, we will get raw and honest. I believe it will encourage you. Now, let's dig in. morning guys or good afternoon wherever this finds you happy monday i hope you're having a great start to your week um how was how was y'all's week i hope that it was good as i'm recording this it is raining and so honestly it feels very cozy but um like i said wherever you find yourself i hope you're having a good day and i'm excited that you're here i'm grateful that you're here I'm honored that you're here. I get that your time is valuable, and so I say that every week, but I mean it every week. I am glad that you're here. Um, If you didn't listen to last week's, I really encourage you to press pause and go listen because really it was challenging to me. We talked about discipline and how the fruit of a disciplined life is peace and obedience and how it is truly the passport to a fruitful life, that life that we really desire. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, it challenged me deeply and I had several different things that I was really avoiding. And the fact that I was accountable to you guys, but first and foremost, Jesus, and that that was our word of the week, I showed up um, in, in certain ways, not all of them, but, and I realized that, you know, it really wasn't that bad. And now as a new week approaches, I'm really thankful that I did. So, um, and if you didn't, that's okay. But guess what? This week is a new week and this week we're talking all about worship. It's one of my favorite words and I am so excited for us to dig in, to, to glean a new perspective, to really dig in to what does Jesus say about worship and what preconceived connotations do we have about it? that may or may not be accurate. Um, So before we do that, every week, this is nothing new, but we're going to focus. So just calm your mind for a little bit, listen in, lean in, whatever you're doing, really give your attention to this. I, I think it'll be worth it for you. So as always, let's focus. F, fix your eyes on Jesus. O, open your heart to receive. C, calm your mind. U, Unplug from distractions, S. Saturate your soul in him. I love that last part. It always reminds me, okay, really, I mean, I need to I need to lay into this moment. I need to saturate my soul. That means allowing our souls to really marinate on what we are listening to. When we just, almost like laying down in the presence of Jesus. How calming is that? Okay, so anyway, like I said, we are going to be talking about worship. And I feel like usually when we think about worship, we think about it in the practical sense. The external ways that we show our worship, right? Like things like prayer, singing, and physically expressing how we feel about God in a way that can be seen and recognized by others. But honest and true worship comes from a posture of the heart. It's an inner reverence for God, for who he is, for what he's done, and how he is the only unchanging thing that we will ever know. I wanted to start with a portion of scripture before we really dig into, okay, what does it mean to that it's a posture of the heart? 
how, okay, so how does it look in my everyday life and all of those good things? I think this is important. And the scriptures from Matthew, it's Matthew 15, 8 through 9. And it says, these people honor me with their lips. Okay, this is Jesus talking, all right? So it says, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. The scripture is how Jesus responded to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were teachers of the religious law. So when the Pharisees came to Jesus, they were asking him right before this portion in Matthew, they were basically asking him, hey, why are the disciples breaking the tradition of the elders? Like by not washing their hands before they eat, why are they doing this? And what was what Jesus was saying is the Pharisees were letting the rules of religion guide their worship instead of the reverence they develop for God through their relationship with him. They were so ingrained and attached to these obligatory ways that they worshiped God that they were missing the whole point of it. And we see here how Jesus responds. And y'all, Jesus is not impressed by their human rules. He sees right through the Pharisees and he spends this time telling them that the exterior is only worship if it is a response to the interior happenings. And for us, I think this sets the stage because I think in our culture, it's really easy to attach how we define worship as the activities we do, the rules we follow, or the routines we have established And these are great, y'all. I mean, we've talked about many of these in diligence and in discipline and in follow and all these things. They are important. They are good. Do not hear me wrong. But if our hearts are far from Jesus, then our worship is to make ourselves feel better, not to give him glory. Worship is a holy expectancy that when we give ourselves to him, he will show himself to us a holy expectancy. We often define worship as the reaction to something that God does instead of seeing it as a revelation to who he already is. Y'all, he is God. He does not need to do anything more than what he has already done many, many years ago and is still doing for us every single day to deserve every morsel of our time in worship and every ounce of our energy in praising him. And I think what we miss when we talk about worship is we miss the enjoyment that should come with it. The foundation of true worship is really experiencing God. Like enjoyment, a joy, an excitement, an anticipation, a holy Lord, I am sitting at your feet in what I'm doing in my everyday life because I know that you are worth every bit of my time. I know that in your presence, I find joy. I know that in your presence, I experience freedom. I know that in your, that in your presence, I experience the peace that I'm looking for. When we think of worship, we think, well, of course I worship, you know, of course I worship God because I'm a believer. However, if we're honest with ourselves, there are a lot of things in our lives that are receiving way more of our attention and adoration than Jesus. Okay, I'm going to say that again because I think sometimes you can kind of listen to this and you're just going, yeah, okay, 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 clear. But like apply this to your own life. Okay, so for you, what things in your life, if any, are receiving more of your attention and adoration than Jesus? Would we say that we worship sports or our reputation or our significant other or the clothes that we have? I mean, it feels silly, but the thing is, if any element 
or a person or a relationship or a resource or position or temptation is determining more about who we are becoming and the direction we are traveling than God, then we are worshiping that. And I think it's become normal to us to worship ourselves. Y'all, that sounds like, whoa, that is so egotistical, clear. No, not me. Uh, Let's get serious because I think that's the truth for a lot of us. I mean, I think we have to continually recalibrate and get honest if we're going to really look at, okay, who am I worshiping? Who have I been worshiping this week? And if I'm anxious, it's probably because it's not been God. We view our relationship with God in terms of what is he doing for me instead of what can I do for him? But y'all, worship has nothing to do with us. Not a thing. It is all based on the goodness, the power, and the majesty of an unchanging God. Now, the ways that we worship, of course, do are they individualistic in that we have certain ways that we worship that have to do with our gifts or the way that we hear God or the way that we receive his information or whatever it is? Yes, I don't mean that. But what I'm saying is, is that our continual worship, it, it, here's the math. The math equates to this. If he is consistent and he is unchanging, then our worship should be as well, regardless of if our circumstances feel like a celebration. That's what I mean when I say it has nothing to do with us. The scripture in Colossians, uh, I think it's a really strong scripture just talking about this worship. It's Colossians 3.16. And it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and as you sing songs and hymns, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Okay, this dwelling that Colossians is talking about, essentially, we make our own hearts and bodies house of, uh, houses of worship. And as we dig into the word, which we already have at our fingertips, all of it, the word of God, and we let it soak in, almost like a marinade, gratitude will guide us and when I was really thinking about worship so much of it I mean it's just this continual revelation of who God is and because of that it's thankfulness pours out and I think that thankfulness is both the invitation the revelation and the activation of experiencing God worship reminds us of who is in control It repositions us at his feet as we remember that he is above it all. I don't know if y'all have had an experience where like worship has just been, it's like that that word all that you hear and you go, how do I become in awe of God? But I think there are these moments that really just remind us of his bigness and our smallness. Have you ever been like driving down the road, um, just really overwhelmed, like stressed beyond belief? And you start to talk to God, unknowingly really, because it's just your thoughts pouring out of you. And then you sense some sort of peace. Like nothing changed. You're still going down the road. Nobody texted you and your circumstances are all gone or anything like that. But there's a a sort of lightness, some relief. and And you feel God closer. And you just, you finally release those emotions that you've been holding on to. It's like you didn't even know that you needed a good cry and a warm blanket and you start to finally surrender and you hear God saying, hey, you, I see you. And you just begin to overflow with gratitude. Or have you been in church or a worship service or at camp 
or anything like that. This actually happened to me the other week. And you're there, but you're kind of not there. You know what I mean? Like you're physically, yes, you're in attendance. Your body is standing there. But your mind is wandering. And then as you start to sing the words, as you start to say the truth out loud, as you start to respond to his presence, which is thick and there, the wall that you were building to protect yourself slowly crumbles. And you can feel his joy helping you. When this happened to me, I literally felt my posture change and the countenance on my face shift. You know, we often think that the worship is something that God needs and he asks for it and he is jealous for it. But when we worship him, it's a recalibration for us. It helps us remember that he is on the throne. You guys, God's position is never in jeopardy. It is our revelation of who we are because of who he is that is the question we continually have to ask ourselves and so God's mercy and his grace the reason why he's jealous for our worship is because he knows that worship is what realigns our minds and gets us going in the right direction he knows that worship is what recalibrates our thoughts and allows us to focus on what actually matters he knows that worship is what helps us reposture ourselves to to change the way our feet are walking so we stop walking down that across that rubble that he's already redeemed and he's like hey stop going that way worship is what helps us do that you know something when I was really thinking about this word and this challenged me is Okay, so sometimes our worship can feel hard, right? Like it it feels, we don't feel like worshiping or it just kind of feels a little bit empty. And I was thinking about when I've walked through times in my life and, and what helped change. And I think if worship feels like work, then we should ask ourselves, are we living comfortably? Let me explain. If you aren't getting out of your comfort zone, and being obedient and brave in the ways that God is asking of you, then you are probably missing the opportunities he wants to give you to see his faithfulness. Okay, this is not the best analogy, but I think this will be helpful. Imagine you have heard about this miracle athlete, okay? And you've heard stories of his performance, and you're given a chance to show up at the game and watch him hit the homer for yourself. But instead, you choose to sit at home instead. Well, isn't it much harder to conceive the wonder, excitement, and giftedness of that player when it's just hearsay? But when you're there, when you're awaiting it, when you are anticipating the crack of the bat, it is a whole different story. It's a whole other ball game. Now, don't you dare think I'm saying it's okay to like idolize people or places or things or anything outside of God. But what I am saying is that until we say yes to what God asks of us, We will continue to miss these magical moments of seeing him firsthand in action, which makes us fans for life. Basically, if we're struggling to worship God, is it because we aren't stepping out in faith? Because here's the thing. Faith is what activates our trust. And trust invites our worship when we realize that he never lets us down. So if we're living really comfortably, and we're just walking in, in the same 
exact to down the same exact road. We're not willing to take any leaps of faith. We're not willing to to get uncomfortable. We're not willing to let go of some things that we're holding. We're not willing to do some, do what God is asking us. We're not willing to get brave for the sake of self preservation or what we think is self preservation or self protection or just comfort really then we don't allow ourselves to really be in these moments where we see God hit the homer, where we see his miracle working nature in action. And when we see that, when we are operating, think about it, when you've been in a time where you were taking steps of faith, wasn't worship more prevalent? Because constantly you were seeing how God was showing up for you. And it was live and it was real for you. You were participating in the story that he was writing. And so worship was just innately there because his faithfulness is always present. One of my favorite authors, Richard Foster, says, if worship does not propel us into greater obedience, it has not been worship. To stand before the Holy One of eternity is to change. Y'all, that is a very deep quote. So I'm going to say it again. If you halfway listened and thought, well, okay, what, what was that? If worship does not propel us into greater obedience, it has not been worship. To stand before the Holy One of eternity is to change. You know, what Foster's saying here is this. If we are truly worshiping God, it will always prompt us, prepare us, and push us to be obedient. How is this so? Well, the only agenda behind worship is adoration. It's not advancement, accolades, or affirmation of our own selves or anything else. It is truly adoration of the Savior who gave everything for us. And so because of this, because we've sat and soaked in the goodness and purity of the living God, our feet become willing to walk to the places that might have scared us before. It is in our worship that we sit before God, and I don't mean necessarily the posture of sitting, but whatever that worship looks like, whether it's putting our hands in the soil and doing the hard thing, whether it is truly worshiping at church and being reminded of who he is, whether it is whatever it looks like. I mean, it, it's anything can be worship. But however it looks, when we put our hands to that, we put our hearts to that, we put, our, we put ourselves in that place, we realize, oh my goodness, he is faithful. He is who he says he is. And it is out of the revelation of who God already is that we receive the courage to do what he is asking of us. John 4.24 says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. I think when the scripture says in spirit and in truth, it's reminding us that our worship is not based on what we know is true. It's be- No, I'm sorry. It's based on what we know is true. It's not based on how we feel. He, We must worship in spirit and in truth, a.k.a. worship coaches our feelings to remember where we are part of a much bigger story and something I've noticed um, even in my personal experience that I've been guilty of and definitely an issue that I think could be a stumbling block when it comes to our worship is that our perception of what our worship should look like or should be can be wrongful worship in and of itself so okay what does that mean clear that's kind of confusing let me explain if amidst our worship the factors that are present a.k.a. the music, the preacher, the setting, the lighting, whatever it is, throw us off, then we were never really worshiping him. We were worshiping our curation of worship. Does that make sense? And I think in 
the church especially are just people of God that we we get all in our feelings when it comes to worship and something isn't right or we aren't feeling it or it wasn't our favorite song or we don't know the lyrics or however it is this actual you know worship it becomes distract we become totally distracted by the factors that are present and what all that does is it goes back to that scripture we talked about at the beginning in Matthew is that our posture of worship our our heart stance was way more about us than it was about God Another thing about worship is that, you know, you know why we can praise no matter what? Like, no matter what we are walking through. So, I don't know what you're walking through currently. You could be listening to this on your way to the hospital to visit a family member. And I get that that feels like the opposite time that you want to worship God because it is not your ideal scenario. But do you want to know why we can praise no matter what we are walking through? Because we know the end, we know the ending. We know how the story ends. The assurance of our victory, wherever we are, confirms that our worship is always a possibility. We are not praising the God and commander of heaven's armies that we hope, wish, cross our fingers, pulls out a W. We are worshiping the God who has already proclaimed, promised, and provided a victory for every one of us who believes. The scripture in Hebrews is one of my favorites. It's Hebrews 12, 28 through 29. It says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Y'all, how strong is that? Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. A consuming fire. If we want a cure for anxiety, I think it's total adoration of Jesus. I mention anxiety because I think so many times, I, I just think there's a really, like a, a lot of us really struggle with that in different ways. And I don't even know that we recognize it as worry. It's truly just any, any time that we have a lack of trust and the lack of trust can invite sadness, it can invite disappointment, it can invite anger, it can invite confusion. But really a lot of that is just the, that root, the anxiety. And it's because we don't trust God. But I think the cure for that is total, total adoration of Jesus, a.k.a. worship. Because the more consumed we are with our maker, the less we fear or focus on what we can't control here. Really, I think so many of us struggle with this anxiety in different ways, even when we are doing all the right things. And I think that comes from us worshiping who we think God wants us to be instead of worshiping God himself. I talk about this in the Focus Devotional, y'all, but um, I, I just, I really don't want us to get to the end of our lives and ask God, hey, why does my life feel heavy or exhausting or blank, whatever it is? I thought you said joy. I thought you said that this would be joyful. And he responds to us and says, my child, did I even ask you to do all of that, I love you. I've been waiting for you to ask. Sit here. Your life is not a performance to me. It is your worship. I do not need all that you do. I need your attention as you do it. And then I will show you. We will do it together. Oh, how less tired you will be. Together, we will count it all joy. You guys, I think this is the crux of it. 
It's not that there won't be hard things. It's not that anxiety will no longer knock if you decide to have that posture of worship. It is not that things just disappear. It is not that you wake up and you still have that same mindset and you don't have to fight for it. But what worship does is it it gives your attention to Jesus and you say, Hey, Jesus, I know that you're in control. I know that what I'm struggling with is in your hands. I know that you are good and that you are full of peace and that you are who you say it are, who you say you are. So I am going to prioritize my sitting with you because I know in doing that, how I move forward from here every single step of the way, every single day will be directed by you. There'll be no confusion. You will give me peace. You will show my feet where to go. You will give me the people that I need. You will give me the the sustenance and the energy to do the hard things. And when I do the hard things, I won't be doing it alone. I'll be with you. It'll be you and me together. And that means that even in the trials, I can have joy. That's what worship is. Worship is the linking of arms, the reverence of our Heavenly Father. Who He is has already ignited our worship. He does not need to add anything for us to, he desires every bit of our time, every bit of our energy, every bit of our resources and anything we could ever give, no matter if he never did anything for us except what he's already done. Because he's already done way more than we could ever deserve. So how does this worship look in our everyday lives? Well, worship is continuing to walk in obedience when we can't see the future. Worship is having a posture of rest when the world around us seems to be going up in flames. Let me add to that. Worship is choosing peace and strength and obedience when we don't know who will be president. Okay? Worship is singing out and praising his name both when our feelings are present and when they aren't. Worship is praying and believing that he is listening. Worship is choosing the right thing over the easy thing, trusting that he brings all good things to pass. Worship is remembrance of God, wherever we are, whatever we are walking through, and whatever we are up against. Essentially, worship is this, choosing God above any and all else, no matter what. I think it's important that we declare his truth and his goodness over our lives, and we get serious about speaking it. Worship is that, and it looks all different kinds of ways. There's no formula for it. Like Jesus said at the beginning, let's listen and and glean that lesson, what he showed the Pharisees. Hey, I'm not caught up in your rules. I'm not impressed by those. You know, I I just, I want your heart. I want to know, I want the words that are coming out of your mouth and the way that you're, the way that you're living, that's all in response to what you're putting in. And so if your outsides are merely just following rules, but your insides don't align, I'm not impressed. So maybe we should ask ourselves, what does our worship look like? What are we declaring? What are we standing in? Are we walking in faith, inviting his faithfulness? And so out of that, we worship him because we are so grateful that he is who he says he is and that he cares for us along the way. Every week in the devotional, um, There is a focus tip, a very practical one. I share it every week. And this just helps apply this word in in your life exactly where you are as you're listening. And you can go back to this. Um, And this week's is this. Take a look at your schedule this week and then ask God, hey, what do you think of this? Is he calling you somewhere else? 
are you listening? True worship is when you let him direct your steps. Okay, y'all, that is a very practical way. And it's really easy to read that and go, yes, okay, Lord, where do you want me to go? Okay, next. But I mean, in the day-to-day, looking at your schedule and being willing to be interruptible, available, honest, and completely devoted to what he wants for you, even when it feels counteractive to productivity, counteractive to what you feel like is best, or however it is. Because God, we all know that he can multiply, that he can do He can do things all of a sudden. So take your schedule and give it to him. What's it look like to worship God this week? I'm challenging all of us because the thing that we all, the really the richest thing we have is our time as far as a resource. We can't duplicate it. God can multiply our time, but we can't get back what we've lost. So this is a new week, and it's a blessing, and we should be grateful that it's here. So let's give it to him, and let's worship him with with our time and our energy and all that we have. Um, I'm going to close up with our Monday prayer like every week. So if you can, close your eyes. I think that helps center you and just so you can actually hear the words. If not, if you're driving, please do not do that. Um, You can lift your hands. You can do whatever. But here we go. Hey, Jesus, thank you for the gift of another Monday. Your mercy falls like rain and redeems all my yesterdays. Will you help me cultivate a heart of worship in all that I do and say this week? I want to realize your presence and power everywhere I go, bringing life and hope to every space. Arrest my thoughts when they begin to wonder and quicken my ability to redirect them back to you. When you are my focus, continual worship and constant gratitude are my response. Thank you for all the ways that you allow me to worship you. With the gifts you have given me, the resources you have extended, the time you have allowed me, the voice you have placed within me, everything can be used to point to your kingdom. You only ask for what is already in my hands. Help me to not envy or get distracted by the worship of others, trusting that my relationship with you is personal and perfect for us. All my life, you have been faithful, Jesus. You placed the stars, parted the oceans, and provide all that I need. There has never been a moment that you are not deserving of all of my worship. In the reverent, faithful, and mighty name of Jesus, amen. Oh, man. Y'all, he's so good. He is so good. He is faithful wherever you find yourself, even when you're in a really discouraging place. If you're in the pit, if you're in what you feels like a, a dark hole, guess what? You aren't alone. God is the same God. He never changes. That is truly the delight and comfort of our lives. Because we can be really fickle people based on feelings and, and uncertain and all of these things. And, and our circumstances can feel bleak or Our resources can feel super limited or the future of our lives feels uncertain. You know, I know that that it is election year and I know these next couple weeks are filled of full of uh, anxiety for a lot of people. But guess what? God is on the throne and we can worship him. And the fact that that is the banner for our lives, you guys, we get peace. How awesome is that? We are children of God. And so we don't need to worry. We can worship. How beautiful. Okay, well, I hope you'll have a great Monday. I'm thankful. Thanks for being here. And um, as always, if you do share, it means the world to me. I appreciate y'all just getting the word out and letting your friends know about the Let's Be Clear podcast. 
it is my treat and honor to be here with you guys every week. So if you have an awesome day and um, that you're reminded of how faithful your God is and that he loves you. Have an awesome day.